and this is episode 51 of the Galactic Dads podcast. Today we have a special for you. We're going to be breaking down WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we'll give you some inside looks and explain some of those fun Easter eggs for all three episodes so far to get you ready for episode four. So stick around and join us. One. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? The Galactic Dads Podcast, a podcast by Geeky Dads, talking about all things geek, dad life, I am the father, and beyond. Language. And welcome back. This is episode 51 of the Galactic Dads podcast. Today is a special treat as we are doing a deep dive into WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we will tell you the exciting stuff that we found in the first three episodes. But just so you know, I am Bean. Welcome to the Galactic Dads podcast. Of course, we're your dad destination for all things geek, dad life, and beyond. That can include bits of dad advice for your dad life, comics, video games, TV shows, Movies and whatever else strikes us is worthy to talk about. So as I said, I am B, but I am not alone today. I am joined by, uh, well, I guess you're not production, Matt, today, are you? No, sir. You're no. just hanging out, talking, have a beer, Matt. I'm just chilling, Matt. We are trying something new. It's just Matt and I today, but I am um, effectively trying to run production. You're doing a good job. As well job. as the show, so we'll see how it goes. We, uh, we were, only, we're only a few minutes into it, so let's not get too excited. I, yeah, I, just right now you're doing a good job. So. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. I can't okay. speak for later. Well, uh, <laughs> he says. See, you got to turn the button on. There you go. Yeah, I didn't relax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're so See, funny. See, now you know how it feels. So huh? funny with your jokes. Now you know how it feels. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you know, feel good. <laughs> you're writing an agenda once in a while. How about that? Oh. Touche. Ooh, that's okay. And while we're done ribbing each other, <laughs> we're going to tell you about... Uh, where you can find us on the socials. Just real quick, you can always find me. I'd be at Galactic Dads. You can find those handles on the Facebook. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Matt, where can they find you at, big guy? Uh, you can find me Twitter, MJAlbers5, uh, Instagram, um, GD underscore post underscore production uh, for, on Instagram. Pictures, videos, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, we... Uh, What's that, GD post-production? Yeah, GD underscore post-underscore production. What do you show on that bad boy? Well, I wanted to try to showcase you guys, like, you know, outside of the podcast. I wanted to, like, show what you guys do, you know, what uh, what your lives are about. Um, show all the cool stuff that you guys do outside of this cool stuff. Yeah, the stuff we're into. Mm -hmm. The only thing that goes better with checking our socials mm -hmm. is hitting the untapped app. Mm. And seeing all the beers that we have, uh, you can check us out on Untapped as well. Uh, obviously, that's Acolytic Dads on the Untapped app. You can see the beers we've had so far, the beers we're having this evening, which for me is the Schlafly Coffee Stout. I always enjoy it. I feel like a nice pick-me-up in the middle of the night, but it's still beer, so I can kind of get drunk. Yeah. Yeah, very delicious beer. It's only sitting at a cool 30 IBU, uh, but it's not It's not too rough. It's only a 5-7% alcohol by volume. Uh, but it's it's very nice. It's brewed with Caldi's coffee. Has a Ooh, good, yeah. good, not too powerful, but like just a nice flavor. Yep. Uh, what are you sipping? 
I'm sipping on this Stella Artois Cidre. It's the only cider that I actually like. European style cider. 4.5% alcohol by volume. It's uh, really good. It's uh, you got to drink these things cold. You get them warm, and they're harder to drink. Um, I, I believe that. Kind of noticing that with how much I got left of this last bottle here. <laughs> so it's about time for a fresh one. Yeah, you might want to finish that one off and get your fresh one ready. You might hear me gag. Yeah, it's come on now. It's do it, do it. Oh, no gagging. It actually wasn't that warm, you know. So yeah, okay. There you go. Still some chill to it. There you go. Why don't you uh, take the cover off the old trash can over there and throw it away? We'll, we'll get this nice started right. All right, but that does it for our beers, and that brings us right into the excitement of the uh, the the whole episode. What I'm really excited about is to dive into WandaVision, uh, which of course premiered on Disney Plus oh, about two and a half weeks ago now. Uh, it's very exciting stuff. It's a very different approach for the MCU. Uh, which a lot of people, of course, are catching flack for, or at least expressing a little bit of displeasure with. Uh, it seems people were kind of really hoping for just big knockdown Marvel movie action. Yeah. And, and instead have wound up with something quite different. More questions than answers, I feel like. I feel like, you know, a lot of people just want to know what is going on, and then they're three episodes in, and they're like, hey, come on, give us a little clue. Um, I know they're shorter episodes, but I know the first couple episodes I was like okay this is cool third episode I was thinking you're you're dropping easter eggs but still I want to know more what's going on what is going on yeah there's a lot going on oh, and yeah. there's a ton of if you're a hardcore comic fan and you're seeing these things you're really excited do you need help opening that beer is that what's going on over there uh, I'm just listening <laughs> you to were, you you were struggling to get up I was like why is that no, not open yet I don't think it fits in the bottle opener that's that's interesting. Fit in the bottle opener. What? Yeah. Let me see that. Hang on. Let me see this. <laughs> I can't get it to fit. <laughs> uh, okay, so it goes that way. It goes, I had it. I had it the well, wrong way. That's why it very, wasn't working. Very awkward angle, but yeah. there you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. No, it works. I just, wish I uh, was known that. Just goes the other yeah. way. Yeah. It was just blue flag that whole section. No, no, that one's definitely staying <laughs> oh, on there. Yeah. Uh, because people because need to it was know that. Yeah, yeah. Me, not you, right? No. That's a, <laughs> if it was me, you know I'd leave it in. <laughs> everybody needs to know. I, everybody does. I've made mistakes. Hey, man, it happens. You know? Well, anyway, you're right. Builds character. It builds character. <laughs> I think that's what uh, WandaVision's trying to do very slowly. Yeah. And personally, uh, as a fan of marvel the comics and the mcu which because come on i absolutely love most of what marvel does uh when it comes to the cinematic universe so when i saw wandavision in the first episode um i was kind of bored i was but the thing that kept me very much interested was i was looking for what does this all mean and you know if you're a big fan of wanda because I really feel, even though it's called WandaVision, yeah. I still feel like we're watching the Wanda show. Because um, up to this point, I just feel like Vision is a secondary character. Yeah. Now that you say that, I kind of, I mean, I can see where you're coming. Because, I mean, yeah, they focus on her a lot more than him. Mm -hmm. Which I think will make sense later on down the road. But it really does feel like he's every bit as confused as some of the other characters in the show and even knows less 
then for a really, really good reference, say Agnes and Herb, Herb their neighbors yeah. across the street. Um, like he really doesn't know what's going on. Do you think that has anything to do with where they're at in the timeline with him being, this is all after England end game, correct? Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with it. Yeah. So after end game, where did Scarlet go? Well, that's a what really good question. What happened to her after Endgame? How did she get into this alternate reality? Wherever she world is. world or whatever. Yeah, she's in. And I had made a comment to you a while back that I thought after the first episode, I was like, I feel like she's being watched. I feel like they're being watched by somebody. And then I think it was after the second episode. Where, oh, it's the end of the first episode. Is it at the end of the first episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone's watching them through a TV screen. Yeah. And I was yeah. just, and I, and I texted you and I was like, I knew, I knew it. I knew it. Somebody's like watching them. Oh yeah. I didn't think it was, you know, obvious, um, a normal reality for him. I figured it was, something was up. It really almost looked, uh, even the TV that they were being watched on. I got like these real hard, like. Call of Duty Black Ops vibe, like, out of it. Like, it's kind of like this old tube TV, but then there was a very modern, like, the Roadcaster Pro. Yeah, was which it? Yeah. we record on, you immediately point out. You're like, hey, yeah. did you guys see that thing at the end of WandaVision? Like, yeah. Yeah, who's making a podcast about yeah. what's going on in Wanda's world? I was, I was world? thinking the same thing. Like, why is that in there? That was a fun Easter egg that um, we aren't going to cover. <laughs> Just because I don't even know where you go with that. Uh, yeah, um... Yeah, moving on. <laughs> but anyway, what we do have um, is a ton, and I do mean a ton, of WandaVision Easter eggs. Uh, and it covers episode one, two, and three, just to get you ready for episode four. Now, unfortunately, we are all dads here, and we all have jobs, yeah. which is fortunate. It's fortunate to be employed. Um, that means free time is rather limited. So if I get to watch the episode of WandaVision, I'm happy. Well, I don't necessarily have the time to sit down and break down all the Easter eggs. Yeah. So good news, though. The Internet's real, and it's a thing. And there Since are places when? that will do it for you. <laughs> uh, and we went and got what I thought was the best list with all of the breakdowns of the Easter eggs. Uh, and that was over on Nerdist.com. And ooh, did I get the name of the writer for this? Because she did a tremendous job. I will find it. We'll we'll post the link on the socials and share it uh, because this writer she did she did absolutely fantastic in breaking all these down. Um, but we're gonna start off with the first Easter egg, and that is episode one filmed before a live studio audience. So this particular episode takes place in the fifties era of TV, and it gives you kind of a nice almost like leave it to beaver feel mm-hmm. uh, with the house and such and then also there is the very obvious nod to I love Lucy with the Desi Hernandez and Lucille ball commercial that you get yeah uh, and we'll touch on the commercial here in a bit um, but the debut episode is definitely a tone setter uh, it leans into the sitcom style storytelling uh, beginning of course with an I love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke show style credit appearance. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's, there aren't more references. Yeah, after watching that first episode, uh, I started to realize, basically, I get what it means, film before a live studio audience. I mean, yeah. it's a, they're being watched. Right? right? Yeah. Yeah, but, and then it's also referenced to the show. There's an audience there, right? Exactly. So the laugh track the is laugh constant. The laugh track is always there. 
hearing um, people. But it is much more important. Obviously, they are being watched, which mm-hmm. you see at the end, which is very cool. Um, by the way, uh, a huge inspiration for WandaVision is Steve Englehart and Richard Howell's 1985 miniseries, aptly titled The Vision and the Scarlet Witch. And that's uh, when we meet Vision's boss in the episode, Mr. Hart. We know it's a nice nod to the comic creator who shaped the show, obviously Steve Englehart. Uh, also, keep an eye out. See, that's cool because I did not know that. Yeah, that's like real hard. Yeah, like, his boss, they come over for dinner and all mm-hmm. of them starts choking. Yeah, know. I don't know. That was a very That weird was a very scene. odd scene, yeah. too. Uh, but anyway, you keep an eye out for Englehart's special thanks in the credits. So at the end of the episode, you ah, see a special okay. thanks. And, of course, Steve Englehart's on there. Uh, you also get to see something that they dub the familiar friends, uh, and that is definitely in regards to uh, some of the things you see, like the commercial, yes. uh, the toaster, the toaster. Which we'll get to um, watch. Yeah, right. So when Wanda and Vision arrive in Westview, they're the new people in town, and while the crew of characters are seemingly just normal neighbors, there's a couple of names that stand out. Uh, already, they pointed out. Well, a different article, Agnes who is the brunette neighbor uh, who's played awesome actress, by the way, who was hilarious. Uh, She was Dale's stepbrothers. Yeah. Dale's potential love interest. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Even though she was a golden pony boy. Yeah. She was married to Brendan's brother, but still Dale's love interest uh, in stepbrothers, which by the way is our reverent movie reference of the evening. Stepbrothers, a classic film. If you don't know it, you really should because you'll laugh. (laughs) Anyway, Agnes is likely Agatha Harkness, um, but Vision's co-workers... By the way, Agatha Harkness is a pretty uh, big, powerful witch in the Marvel comic book universe. Oh, okay. And there's a lot of correlation to that. Uh, Agatha Harkness in the comic books always wears these brooches that Agnes wears, one that is pretty much identical to that as well. As far as Agnes, Agatha. Yeah, Agnes sounds like a witch name. Yeah, that's definitely not a name you name your kid in 2014, like Lila or Sunlamp or some <laughs> sh- Language. Dirty mouth. But anyway, Vision's co-workers also have comic-relevant names. Uh, his co-worker, Norm, is most likely named after Norman Webster, who sold Vision and Wanda a house during the Vision and Scarlet Witch miniseries. Norman also had an affair with Wanda's one-time sister-in-law, the Inhuman, named Crystal. By the way, the Inhumans... <laughs> what? Inhumans was a very short-lived Marvel series on ABC. Wow. Yeah, it, 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 it just did not take off. But uh. Inhumans are like a whole nother... We don't have time for Inhumans. Maybe we'll do that on a different episode. <laughs> Next. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Uh, so obviously there probably won't be any type of crossover with that. Uh, but the big name to watch here uh, is Phil Jones, who was just fired from Vision's office when we get to meet him, right? Yeah. yeah. In the comics, Phil's married to the magical member of the Squadron Supreme, who is Marvel's version of the Justice League. We also don't have time to get into that. But she's kind of made uh, a reappearance lately in the Marvel comic books. Uh, but her name in the comic book is Arcana. And seeing as the Squadron Supreme, of course, are alternate universe heroes in the Marvel Universe. They're from an alternate universe. That would fit into the multiverse theory. So maybe it's worth keeping an eye on our recently unemployed Phil Jones. <laughs> 
And then, of course, we've got the Stark Strikes Back, which is during the advertisement break. We get to see the commercial for the Toastmate 2000. Yes. Uh, and, of course, that's a high-tech, for the time, 1950s, toaster. And it's promised to help housewives toast the perfect piece of bread. <laughs> the things they were worried about back then. Uh, but wow. the big moment comes at the end of the advertisement when you learn it's made by Stark Industries. So Howard was busy doing more than just helping create Cap. Uh, well, this would have been after that by about, oh, 13 to 14 years or so. Um, yeah. So I guess he went back to toasters and then uh, <laughs> weapons manufacturing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Go somewhere in between. Yeah. Now the question is whether Stark ever made a toaster or if it in itself is a manifestation of the world Wanda is in. Uh, yeah. Because if you remember, and this is very important, Wanda has a very um, complicated relationship with Tony Stark because her family in Sokovia died from a bomb made by Tony Stark. Stark, yeah. So Stark would very much be in her psyche if this world is something she's creating. Yeah. It would definitely be there. So... Um, that wraps it up for the big Easter eggs, I guess, <laughs> in episode one. But in episode two is called Don't Touch That Dial. Uh, if you ever felt like episode one didn't have enough obvious comic book Easter eggs, uh, perfect news, episode two has even more. <laughs> and it all starts with that most obvious one, the Bewitched theme intro, which mm. is very fitting for Wanda as she is the Scarlet Witch. So yeah. her using the bewitched kind of style show with all the interesting powers and the somewhat clueless mm-hmm. Vision uh, really plays in nice with that, especially when Vision accidentally swallows gum. Yeah. Which we talked about earlier. Yes. That, that really was, bothered me. Yeah, it was interesting. I didn't understand why he was acting the way he was after eating gum. Well, it's just gum. He's a, a synthesoid. He should yeah. be able to phase and let the gum fall through him. But then they give then you the cartoon day. picture of, like, the gears getting jammed and yeah, everything. And you're like, what? Very this? silly. Yeah. Very silly. I don't understand this. I didn't. Mm-mm. I didn't. But it was fun to watch he, him be drunk. I was, was going to cool. say he was he was making a joke of himself on stage and all the hilarity that ensued uh, at the talent show. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's I don't know. But during that intro, that was Bewitch style. If you're paying attention, you get. Uh, well, here it says, "When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie." That's a Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice reference, Nerdist. We love it. But when you get that uh, beautiful, gorgeous illustration of the moon, you see six bright stars twinkle around it, which is an obvious nod to the Infinity Gems. And, of course, those are the time, space, mind, soul, power, and reality gems. And which one is very important to the vision? The Mind Stone. The Mind Stone is in his head in that reality, which is interesting uh, because given the way that people aren't really sure what's going on in this particular universe that they're currently living in whatever uh, it could have a lot to do with some interaction with the mind stone that wanda had while destroying it ah uh, yeah i mean you can really change people's minds then yeah. you can really change the world around them so it could be very interesting to keep that in mind <laughs> there we go where's the button there we go um rim shot anyway there's also i don't have time my other hand's full and this one's got beer in it <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> there is another nod uh, to a pretty um, recurring villain 
in the comic books, and that's Grim Reaper. While you're watching that illustrated bewitched out opening, you get to see Vision phase through the floor from the upstairs down to the kitchen. As he goes through the floor, you see some bones and a helmet in between the floorboards. Those are actually in the style of um, Grim Reaper, who in the 2000... I don't know if that's the 2015 series by Tom King and Gabriel Hernandez. Uh, there, there's the very first episode. Vision makes a, a synthesoid family for himself, and uh, he bases his wife's brainwaves off of Scarlet Witches. And by the end of the first episode, she kills Grim Reaper and buries him in their yard. <laughs> so that's just a quick nod to that little piece of comic book storyline. Huh. It's okay. He got better and came back. I, it's comic books it, for you. Yeah. It's fine. Anyway, so if you uh, if you like that, you might want to go pick that series up. By the way, that's a good series. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we get to the comic book segment. Uh, there's also another nod to him in the credit sequence um, because Grim Reaper is the half-brother of Simon Williams. And in the comic book, Simon Williams is Wonder Man. And Vision's brainwaves are patterned off Wonder Man in the comic books. So it's just another quick nod to say, here's some more people who are involved in this show. By the way, a long time ago, I don't even know how long it was, uh, Nathan Fillion? Yeah. yeah. He kind of alluded to the fact that he was Wonder Man in the MCU. Really? As Simon Williams. Uh, So all the hardcore MCU fans who really know about that uh, definitely hit us up on the socials and tell us can you explain that to us because it escapes so, me right okay. now he was on what he was on the Battlestar Galactica show or what no he was on Firefly Firefly that's what it was which that's was Firefly, a, yeah. a Joss Whedon yes Helm show okay. and then of course Joss that's Whedon right. went on to direct the Avengers mm-hmm. so his involvement isn't very far-fetched yeah he's been in he's been in other stuff too yeah Castle uh he's on the rookie now which I think he's on Fox like he's in a lot of stuff he's the voice of Green Lantern in a lot of the animated movies. Here's, uh, you know what else he was a cameo in? No. Blast from the Past. Oh, uh, yeah. The movie with Brendan Fraser? Yep. Oh, my God. Christopher Walken. Yeah. Yeah. He, right, he that's, a cameo. Hey, hey, hey. No, no two irreverent movie quotes. Uh, One. I, didn't, I didn't quote One. it. I just, I just, he was in it. It was a cameo. It's a good movie. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, while... They're in the supermarket in the second episode. Uh, there are three big Easter eggs, and the first of which um, is bova milk. So if you're paying attention, one of the signs in the back is bova milk. And um, everybody's like, okay, well, bova, bovine, cow, right? They make milk. It's fine. Well, it's very interesting to see bova anywhere around Scarlet Witch because in the comic book, and I can't believe that this was a thing, but... Bova was the humanoid cow who delivered Wanda and Pietro on Mount Wondegore, which is where they were born and grew up. And it's definitely a totally weird part of their history, but it's kind of playing a big part. Are you sort saying of. they were born from a cow? No, they were born from a person, but they like the midwife was a humanoid cow named that, Bova. I know it's weird, right? This is like yeah, yeah, comic books are, are weird sometimes. Uh, but the sign, <laughs> so on that particular shot, I, I'm still trying to get around you wrapping your head around. It's 
it's a humanoid cow, right? <laughs> How do her udders work? Out. I also am trying to figure that out. Like she, I don't know, humanoid. It, it's weird. Hmm. Anyway, uh, she's part of like the high evolutionary, but we'll get to that in a second. It, it's fine. It's fine. But if you're still looking at those signs in the grocery store from the particular shot in question, the sign on the right is for Auntie A's kitty litter. And um, even without the witchy black cat, it's clearly an allusion to Auntie Agatha, a.k.a. Agatha Harkness. Agnes. And we already know that that witch in Wanda's world is, of course, the neighbor. By the way, she's played by Catherine Hahn. That's that actress. That's her name, yeah. Yeah. She's great, by the way. Um, So that's another allusion to Agatha Harkness. And then on the left hand of that sign, it says Wonderments instead of Wonder Man. Remember, we talked about a moment ago. Nathan Simon Fillion. Williams, mm-hmm, Nathan mm-hmm. Fillion, maybe allegedly. Maybe. That's not yeah. clear, uh, but that is another one more nod to the man whose brainwaves visions were based on. Very cool. Now let's get on uh, to uh, some of the cooler stuff in the live action segment of episode two. And so as Juan and Viz stand in their animated living room, as I just said in the live action, but here we go, (laughs) you can see a small statue on their side table. At first glance, it can be mistaken for Thor, but according to Nerdist, they think it's the Wizard, the lesser-known Marvel character, has strange connection to Wanda's past. He was a central figure in 1982's Vision and the Scarlet Witch number 2, and Wizard claims to be Wanda's father, but later proves to be mistaken. It gets more complex when Wanda and her brother Pietro were kids on the mythical Mount Wondegore. Wizard and his wife were offered the chance to adopt them, but declined. So this Easter egg points to Wanda's past playing a big part, or at least having anchored into the show of Wanda, WandaVision. So that just brings up kind of a question. I don't even know why I'm going to ask it, but so... Wanda and Quicksilver, mm-hmm. twins. Yes. Okay. Wanda and Pietro Maximoff. Okay. So, and this is talking, the wizard claims to be Wanda's father. Mm-hmm. So, to my calculations, which are not very good most of the time, Magneto and wizard are the same person. No. What this says is he claims to be their father and is later proved to be false. Okay. But then gets well, the chance about? to adopt the twins, Wanda and Pietro. But Laird decides not to. And so you're saying that there's still a chance that Magneto could be the father to, Mag- to Wanda and Pietro. In this particular show, maybe. But we don't know. We don't know that It's yet. very... Magneto's relationship with the MCU is very complicated. And we'll <laughs> see how that plays out. I'm interested to see how yeah. this goes. We might dive into that and. In, Episode 3, Easter Eggs, which we're getting to, which isn't bad. But also in that particular scene, um, (laughs) it's a hint that things aren't what they seem, and it comes when Wanda heads outside to the garden. You remember the scene you asked me about earlier? Yeah, 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 I do. Yeah. Yeah. While there, she finds a colorful toy helicopter, which is way out of place in their black and white world. And the red and yellow helicopter is stamped with the number 57. The fact it's so prominent means it's hard to ignore. But what's it signify? Well, according to Nerdist, their favorite synthesoid, that's Vision, first appears in Avengers number 57. 
So apparently it's a nice little nod to that. Uh, but what are the bigger ramifications of the helicopter and why it's in color? Uh, we don't really know. Yeah, that's and that threw me for a loop. I thought of that like, as why is that somebody's to toy made it into the world. Because by the end of oh, episode yeah. three, you kind of get a glimpse of what's going on of what's going on Westview. But of course, we'll get to that at the very end of this list. Uh, but right after Wanda finds the toy, then it drops into another advertisement break style thing, uh, and it's where nothing keeps time like a Strucker. And this is a very obvious nod uh, because during this, by the way, the people showing off the watch do not look safe. No. <laughs> if you look at their faces, they are kind of concerned, <laughs> which I thought was great. Uh, but anyway, this particular commercial has big nods back to the, the beginning of the MCU when we meet Captain America. So obviously Hydra. Uh, but, but the watch in the commercial is called Strucker. Baron Von Strucker is the Hydra agent who <laughs> gave Pietro and Wander their powers in the MCU, remember? Experimenting with the... Uh, what was that? The Space Stone? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the one inside Loki's scepter. Yeah. And this, yep. No, oh, that one spa- was inside the, te- the Cosmic yeah. Cube. Okay. Yeah, the Tesseract. It's hard to keep them all together. Tesseract was a uh, Space Stone. Yeah, it? but his experimentation on that is what gives Wanda and Pietro yeah. their powers. Yeah. Um, and so, in the comics, Baron Strucker is a massive Avengers bad guy. Uh, in case that connection's not enough, the watch obviously had the, the Hydra logo on it. Yeah. It's very hard to miss that one. Yep. Uh, which could, of course, just be a nod to Wanda's past, but the final ma- moments on the show can point out it's a little more. Now, remember we talked about Bova, and you were like, what? <laughs> human cows. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. A humanoid cow. All right, so why is that exciting? Well, we also get to meet, and uh, we mentioned him earlier. We meet. Herb. And uh, in the comics, Herbert is the name of the character who is the high evolutionary. And he's a super scientist who runs, guess what? Mount Wondegore, the uh, safe haven where Bova delivers the twins. Mm, interesting. And, and of course, the twins are Wanda and Pedro. It's all tying together. Yeah. And while they're not saying that's 100% the same character, it's definitely he's named that on purpose. The writers knew what they were doing when they named him Herbert, because otherwise, why would you do that? Um, it could Herb's be a good name. It could be Wanda remembering her childhood, or uh, maybe Hydra has captured the magical characters of the entire Marvel universe and is holding them all captive, which could also be a thing. I don't know. Kind of the way that Agnes and Herb react in episode three leads me to believe that's not the case, uh, but we'll see how that goes. Anyway, the High Evolutionary also has another connection to the main characters. In the comics, the High Evolutionary is notable for giving the Soul Gem to Adam Warlock. Do you know who Adam Warlock is? I've heard you guys talk about him, but nope. Do you remember at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Um, vague, vaguely, yeah. So remember the queen that's chasing them uh, that they horribly the gold, disrespected? Yeah, the gold chick, yeah. They're waiting for the egg to hatch. That's right, yes. And inside the egg, she said, we will name him Adam. A highly oh, evolved, perfect being. That's Adam, that's Warlock. Adam Warlock. Okay. So, we so he's a gold dude. He's gold. Goldish, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain that, but 
uh, there is another connection between the overall Marvel Comics kind of cosmic side, mm-hmm. which, of course, the Infinity Gauntlet is a massive part of, and also tying it into kind of stuff that just naturally happens within this show. And that's going to be Dwayne Johnson, possibly. I think it would be hilarious if it was like Brad Pitt or um, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Brad Pitt's already the Vanisher, so, but he died, so I guess he could. Well, open I mean, now. you know, maybe the Vanisher <laughs> was the perfect being, and they just make another one. I mean, you could make a gold uh, Brad Pitt. They could just pull him off the power lines. <laughs> God, I love Deadpool. Anyway, um, but yeah, so he gets a soul gem from the High Evolutionary. Uh, but Adam Warlock's an intergalactic hero who goes on to wear the gem on his forehead and draw powers from it. Does that sound like Vision somebody, at all? Somebody a little you know. bit? Yeah. yeah. So Vision's relationship with the Mind Stone is obviously very closely mirrored to that of Warlock and his own Infinity Artifact. Speaking of which, I don't know if you were paying attention during the Magic Act in Episode 2. I was trying. But Wanda and Vision take part in the kind of, you know, whatever magic show. and They perform under the names Illusion and Glamour. I don't know why I said that word. Glamour. Uh, while there's plenty of questions as to what repeated refrain for the children means, which I think is pretty obvious, mm. for the children, she's pregnant by the end of the episode. Yes, she is. As the world turns to color, she is got a couple buns in the oven. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Very quickly. But the big Easter egg on the cabinet, which the pair base their magic show around, uh, it's adorned with the mind gem. If you, when the doors are closed and you take a look at the design on it, is clearly the Mind Stone. Just like Vision's forehead. Um, so, you know, their performance names also are a nod to Vision and Scarlet Witch number five, in which Vision goes to see his friends perform as the magic act, Glamour and Illusion. Mm-hmm. Now, let's move on to that, uh, the real big question of at episode the, uh, two. End of two? Yeah. Who the hell's the beekeeper, dude? Uh, where the hell did he come from? Yeah, massive. The sewer? What the? I mean, at night? Like, it, whoa. <laughs> it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, but let's just talk about the beekeeper man real quick. And it's probably the biggest reveal uh, dressed as an Easter egg was definitely the beekeeper guy crawling out of the, the manhole um, before Wanda rewinds time, which we'll get back to that in just a second. Um, it kind of confirms that Hydra is a major potential antagonist. Uh, so you ask, like, why? Who's the beekeeper? Why does that matter? Because beekeeper suits are pretty look very similar to the suits that AIM agents wear in the Marvel universe. They're all yellow and they've got like this weird netting. I I don't know why, but that was apparently cool when they were designed, and they kind of just stuck with it all the way into the two thousands. Uh, but AIM is a military science organization founded by Baron von Strucker. Uh. Mm-hmm. So they're colloquially known as such because their yellow uniforms make them look just like beekeepers. Now, the thing about that, though, is this guy is clearly an actual beekeeper. Yeah. I mean, he's just like there's bees flying around him. He's clearly a beekeeper. And that made me think there is a character... Ah, but those are two separate characters. There's Swarm, 
who's essentially an evil villain made up of bees. Uh, but it made me think of Despair, who's another villain in the Marvel Universe who just kind of thrives and gains power from people's despair. Hmm. Uh, and I was thinking if Wanda's really in the midst of despair, having not only not been able, having lost vision, but not being able to avenge him when she had Thanos in her yeah. grip, yeah. like she was ready to tear him apart. Uh, she was robbed of that chance for yeah. vengeance. Yet again, she's robbed of being able to avenge people she's loved and lost. Mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting to have a character like despair really feeding off her and kind of controlling her just a little bit. I don't think that's where this is going, uh, but that would be super cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the bee keeper guy. Like, obviously there's no answer there. Like yeah. we just have to wait We're for just that. Waiting for that. Uh, but it is fun to play. Like, does that aim? Um, but the thing that was most interesting of the whole episode on the second episode was in that moment when the beekeeper comes out of the manhole, looks at Wanda and Vision. She says no. She says no and just simply rewinds time. Yeah, I I didn't... It, it's all confusing to me, like I said. Well, that is interesting to me because it lets you know that she's at least in part or majorly controlling this whole situation. Yeah, because also when his boss was choking, she looked at him and was like, save him and then he just got up without any instant like without any question well, or hesitation and just say you know i was also she wondering was kind of trolling him there was another thing that um i thought it was you that pointed out in the scene in the second episode where his boss is choking mm. does she cause him to choke does wanda cause his boss to choke mr hart me who pointed that out because I don't know. I never thought about it. I'd have to rewatch the episode. I'd have to rewatch that scene because he's giving them problems. He's asking questions mm-hmm. that they obviously don't have answers to because they just show up in Westview. They have no idea. Yeah, because they just like, know they're, they're there. like thinking and they're like, huh. yeah, they have no, yeah. yeah, it's odd. How did we get here? Yeah, yeah. So where'd you guys wonder, come from? Did Where she? did we come yeah. from, Viz? And then he keeps going, and she's obviously becoming a little bit annoyed. And then she looks at him, and then he starts choking. Now, it's not overt. Like, she doesn't just, like, you know, get, like, a pissed look. Yeah. But, like, once she looks at him, he does start choking. And then Vision doesn't move to save him until she tells him to, which is unusual because Viz is autonomous. Like, he's a synthesoid, but he's got his own personality. I mean, for God's sakes, he can lift thor's hammer yeah like he does the heroic thing he's a good thing so he's obviously not going to stand by when someone's choking mm-hmm. unless he's not being allowed to yeah yeah so it's very interesting to kind of see how much control wanda is exerting over the reality that they're in yeah and a lot of that you instantly become snapped to aware of when she goes no and just rewinds time mm-hmm. that's a good point which i mean i don't know man I don't know. I don't know how much this world is her. And I'm excited to see how much is. Yeah. We get to find out, I think. Well, episode four drops tomorrow. And how many episodes are in the first season? I think there's nine. Okay, so you know. Eight or nine. There's eight or nine. You know at the end of episode eight or nine, there's going to be some massive um, to-be-continued moment. You know what I think? And it's going to be doing the exact same it's doing right now. It's going to be making us have more questions than answers. I think what it's going to do is it's going to lay the groundwork for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. What about the... I saw a theory about the Eternals, too. 
I'm not sure. It could do that as well. I mean, it's got nine episodes. Yeah, so, I mean... It could do a lot. Wow. And the Eternals, I guess, could come out of the multiverse. That would be cool. But anyway, um, there's another thing to point out when we talk about the AIM and the Beekeeper outfit. Because AIM, um, we've seen before. Right. So in the comic books, very interestingly enough, AIM is the group uh, who create the Cosmic Cube for the Red Skull. In which, when you see Red Skull and Captain America... He's after the Cosmic Cube, but it's the Tesseract, right? Yeah. Well, in the comic books, they create the Cosmic Cube. Uh, But in the MCU, obviously, that's the Tesseract, and it is the Space Stone. And though we've seen AIM pop up in the MCU already in Iron Man 3. So they they do exist, although Mm -hmm. kind of in a different capacity. It would be interesting to see them kind of shaped... That's right. They were AIM in, uh, mm-hmm. in Iron Man 3. That's Ad- oh, Advanced okay. Idea Mechanics. Yes. Um, but, you know, exactly what that is, if it's the same organization or if they're using the same name. Or, by the way, these people don't have a name. The Beekeeper, we only assume is part of AIM. Because the, the, the only thing like we the know same. is that three, four, five second part we saw him in. Yeah, we don't know much more than that, do we? Yeah, I mean, it's... You really know nothing else, but Nerdist pointed out that that could just be another sign of Wanda's trauma resurfacing. Um, but it also could be a hint that, hey, guys, Hydra's back. This time they just look like AIM. Yeah. Which, that's the interesting component there that would be cool to see. But that, of course, is the end of chap- uh, episode two. And there's one big thing that happens at the very end of that uh, actually, there's a lot of big things, but the biggest thing is suddenly the world turns to color and Wanda is pregnant, which leads us nicely yeah. into the third episode, which, by the way, this one, I think a lot of us at work were guessing which style that, is this going to be in? What? Say it. Uh, what gonna, you, what well, I was just going to say is I'm wondering, too, is the more I'm reading through this, is how many things is somebody seeing as an Easter egg that might not potentially be an Easter egg? Well, all of them probably are Easter eggs, but it just depends on how relevant like, is this Easter egg. That's what I mean is if somebody's going into watching this show and they're going in trying to hunt all this stuff down, I mean – are they potentially seeing stuff that isn't there that their mind is telling them, oh, this is this because it's a weird coincidence? And then I'm just saying. Well, the answer to that is yeah. Because uh, that's, I don't know, some of the stuff I'm reading on it, it's like, eh, is that, well, was that really there? Well, what really are you reading extra, now? Like the X dress. Okay. Is that just a random dress? It I, could be, by the way. That was the how do they know the that that's an X dress? Well, let's talk about the X dress. Because now the episode's in color, and obviously it's like watching the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the sitcom, uh, which, by the way, great job. Well done. I really, even with only two people there, it kind of gives you a, a little hint that, hey, guess what? There's going to be a lot more of them by the time this episode's done. <clears throat> so I never watched any of those sitcoms. That they're- You've never seen Brady Bunch? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha? I've Even the movie, you've probably seen pieces. the movie, right? Yeah, I've seen bits. I've never sat down and watched the Brady Bunch, <laughs> like as. Well, I mean, who religious did? Because <laughs> in the seventies, how old were we? Yeah, we weren't. We just weren't. <laughs> Not for like ten more years. <laughs> My sisters used to watch those things all the time. I never watched them. Um, yeah, they do point out that the intro to episode three, now in color, 
Um, it's very hexagonal, which looks like a... Well, they do the Brady Bunch thing where they put the pictures in the screen. Right. You know, the boxes. In hexagons. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, they do the boxes, too. Yeah. Uh, but it has kind of a honeycomb look, mm-hmm. which is one more nod to the beekeeper we saw, we just talked about. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, hey, that. what's what's going on there? Is there correlation, or are we just seeing these? Like ah, you said. That's weird. I didn't think about that until now, you just said are that. Are we looking for it? I think you are, yeah. yeah I think right. we're looking for stuff. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, could be honeycombs. Who knows? Uh, probably not. But it'd be really cool if that actually is there, though. Wouldn't it be cool? F- Language. Do it to mouth. Yeah. See? There you go. There, there, there it go. is. There, there it is. I did it. But you were so excited about an Easter egg, uh. you blue flagged yourself. <laughs> and that's why Easter eggs are fun, Matt. But also, in the third episode, you, uh, you get to see Herb, who, as noted, could be the high evolutionary eventually, or just Herb whatever but he's kind of doing some weird stuff right he's he's kind of trimming the hedges but next to the not. brick wall divider that divides the lawn <laughs> and he's going right through and the he brick wall kind of performs a little magic getting this what i assume is a sears warbuck catalog ordered hedge clipper from the 50s <laughs> through a couple rows of the bricks mm-hmm. get out of here that thing's breaking like come on like vision's face that whole time was like yeah Oh, how you doing that? Well, that's kind of interesting, though, because what you see there is a wall between Wanda and Vision's house mm-hmm. and their neighbors. Along their driveway, yeah. Yeah, you see the wall being penetrated. And at the end of the episode, you see a different type of wall penetrated. That is true. Yeah. That, and by the way, Nerdist did not point that out. I just made that connection myself. Super fan. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it seems really weird Um because it kind of shows that Herb knows something's not right. It's almost like he's having a moment of clarity. Uh, because very shortly when Agnes shows up and she's talking to Herb and whispering things to him, um, you kind of realize that they're fully aware that they're trapped somewhere. Right? They know that something's not right. Yeah, the way they're talking to each other and then how they're talking to Vision. and Yeah. But it's also could be could be worth noting that the wall's yellow so is the mind stone before it was destroyed uh, could it be uh shuri cracking into Do you mean shuri putting Sh- it back shuri together putting them back together that's what i hope i hope at the end of this how cool would that i be? hope it's just viz. that would be so cool i hope it's viz getting off the table and being a, a super and android. then just completely changing everything from infinity war on like in game never even happened i just want him to be a bad and they just win from infinity war yeah because even when you know tony stark snapped that didn't bring Vision back. No. It just undid what Thanos did. Well, yeah, because Vision's technically was in Tony Stark's hand. <laughs> this this mind yeah, stone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Viz is gone, baby. Viz is gone, yeah. He gone, bro. He gone. Um, but anyway, let's talk about that X-Dress real quick that we did see. Yeah. Uh, so we see Wanda rocking a very 70s look, uh, what with the hair and stuff. But she's wearing this... Um, Kind of like a striped dress that features a huge red X across her chest. Mm-hmm. Now, it's probably nothing to do, but maybe it's it could be cool. They could have done this on purpose uh, as a nod to her X-Men background in the comics. where yeah. uh, Because in the comic books, Scarlet Witch is a mutant. Mm. And the mutants are really interesting to a lot of fans in Marvel right now because they are now owned completely by disney which means 
they can be brought into the MCU, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. And Kevin Feige has confirmed that, yeah, we're going to see the mutants. We're just not sure how. Cool. So it could be cool, uh, but it could also represent a target that's clearly on uh, Scarlet Witch in this show. So now with a baby on the way, Wanda and Vision get into some classic home decorating stuff, you know, whatever. And it's a nice nod to Jeremy Simzer, a storyboard artist who worked on WandaVision. They, the paint they use is called Simzer paint, uh, which is pretty cool because it's his paint he painted while he was involved in the design of the show. So that's fun. Uh, but let's talk about the baby names real quick. Wanda and Viz have different ideas of what they want to call their little baby. And it leads them to coming up with two potential names. How convenient. Tommy and Billy. Because they didn't know it, but we get to find out at the end of the episode there are two babies. And, of course, they name them both Tommy and Billy. Now, if you're a comic book fan, you recognize the names as monikers for the twins that Wanda and Vision have in the comic books. Originally, they're conceived via latent witch magic in New Salem. And the pair were eventually revealed to be shards of Mephisto's soul. Uh, which is kind of messed up. Mephisto's terrible terrible evil entity in the marvel universe um one that dr strange regularly battles uh, and even one that spider-man has dealt with when he won his secret identity back uh, which Mm. is terrible terrible storyline there Uh, but as you can imagine birth of children here uh, with that kind of roots in the comics can only lead to more trouble for the show so i don't expect the kids to be little balls of sunshine the whole time, although I'm sure there will be nice sitcom moments where it's all nice. Mm-hmm. But um, we don't know if the sad events of the comics obviously will happen in the TV show. I kind of hope not, because uh, now I actually see these children, yeah. <laughs> whereas in the comic book, it's just kind of cartoon character on a page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the stories, after being erased from Wanda's memory and essentially being written out of the comics, Billy and Tommy returned as the heroes Wiccan and Speed. They were reincarnations of um, the twins into the Young Avengers characters, uh, which would be super awesome because I'd love to see the Young Avengers turn up in the MCU because one of the original members of the um, Young Avengers is Cassie Lang, who we get to see in Ant-Man, his Scott Lang's daughter, and Kate Bishop, who we know will appear in the um, Disney Plus MCU TV series Hawkeye. Also, Kamala Khan is Miss Marvel, and America Chavez is supposed to show up in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And we have been hearing that Eli Bradley's Patriot should show up in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which would be so cool, uh, which means... The Young Avengers, all their core castmates, are being scattered into the MCU. uh, And all they need is just one unifying event, which probably could happen in any one of these Disney Plus shows or in the next phase of the MCU movies. So we can definitely expect to see the twins, Billy and Tommy, somehow become team heroes in the future. We'll see how that plays out, but I would absolutely love to to see them kind of Grow up and take the lead. It'd be very cool. And um, by the way, for those of the who are looking for a good TV Easter eggs, um, as reference to TV shows, when we see Vision practicing his diaper changing skills and being timed, 
uh, he's using a Kitty Carry All doll, like Kitty Carry All. If you're a fan of the Brady Bunch, you recognize that doll as one of Cindy's favorites. So it's another nod to the era of sitcom that they're in. But also, in the third episode, we talked about Phil Jones from the first episode. Um, in this episode, we hear about Phil. Uh, it's like Marvel wants us to take note of his name. And you also learn that he's married to Dottie. Uh, Dottie was the one in the second episode who's very snooty and led the ladies club, if you will. Uh, but those two things together lead to an interesting discovery. Uh, in the comics, Phil Jones is married to Arcana, right? Uh, so we think Dottie is actually Arcana, which could be interesting, even though that Mephisto theory was intriguing. Uh, this also leans into our theory that the neighbors in the town are actually other Marvel magic characters. By the way, the Mephisto theory... At the end of what episode two? Yeah, uh, Matt, you talked about that a little bit before we started the show. Mm -hmm. uh, did you want to explain that or anything? I, I read what? a small little thing about it. I wasn't really too sure. That's why I wanted to bring it up to you because I I don't really have a lot of. So it was essentially saying that Mephisto was. Who was Mephisto in the show? Was it supposed to be Dottie? <laughs> was that what you were hearing? It was a lady who led like the. Um, neighborhood association or ladies club that they were a part oh, of. Oh yeah. 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 The blonde. Right. Uh, so essentially in the TV show, uh, Dottie's married to Phil Jones, the fired guy. Remember? Yes. Yeah. So they, they make that well known in the third episode. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, but really they think Dottie's arcana, the other magic user from the squadron Supreme. And it leads to the theory that a lot of the other people in WandaVision a lot of the characters like Agnes and Herb and Dottie are actually magic users from the Marvel Universe, all trapped in there with Wanda. Huh, okay. Which kind of makes sense when you see these characters, right? Yeah. But it's also the MCU. And it's, they it's, almost like, it's almost like a prison for these people. It seems exactly like a prison. Yeah, like they've got them captured. I think it's a little different. I don't know how, like how to explain it. Maybe not like a prison, but like a work. Like they're aware. Like make the it almost feels like they're trying to keep Wanda happy. Hmm. And there's only one person that doesn't play their role. And we'll talk about her in just a minute at the end of the episode. But anyway, um, definitely think that Dottie is more Arcana than Mephisto. So I, I think that's it. Everybody in there is a magic user. Except for Viz. And that's because he's, yeah. he's the most out of sorts or not really understanding what's going on. He's the one who knows the least about the situation they're in. Yeah. So that would make sense because he's not magical related at all. He's very much technological uh, and works off of, my God, rational thoughts, mm -hmm. you know, things that compute. So this world is definitely very strange to him. Uh, there's also a couple of other Easter eggs that involve Phil Jones and Dottie's house. Uh, Phil's ring a newspaper that says two fire hide two fire hydra and like two fire hydrant uh, added on main street, which once again hints at hydra and even darker nods the lamp behind Phil, which has two children holding up the bulb. Uh, this could hint at the babies that we know are about to be born, obviously, uh, but it could also be a reference to the fact that in the comics that Dottie and Phil had two kids who later died 
We believe Westview might have been using their magic characters to create magic babies, but that Phil and Dottie failed. In other interesting lighting fixture news, they have an entire lamp covered in little mind stones. So if you pay close attention, there's one that's just full of little yellow stones. Hmm. Also, I don't think that they're using Westview to create magical children. I kind of disagree with Nerdist on that one. Hmm. But it's still pretty cool. Uh, another fun reference is the uh, take a relaxing bath with Hydra Soak, the advert for this particular uh, episode. Um, I really, I, I, I don't want to know. Anyway, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's dumb. It's dumb. Uh, but the advertisement breaks in the episode uh, have been Hydra themed. Of course, this one doesn't change that. Uh, the Hydra Soak commercial um, is a reference to the famous 1978 Calgon Take Me Away commercial. It's another good old TV nod, and it also works as a weird look into Wanda's past. It's all about a woman creating her own little reality, right? So it's like go in the bathtub, use Hydra Soak, and create your own world. Yeah. And that just mm-hmm. seems really on the nose to where a lot of people assume Wanda's doing. Yeah. Uh, which is why that advert's pretty entertaining. Uh, there also could be a fun nod to Phil Coulson in the blue soap. Uh, the Hydra Soap commercial could be referencing an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, where Coulson is inside a virtual reality system, and he poses a wild theory. He says, the blue soap everyone uses. Hydra loads it up with chemicals. It seeps into our bloodstream and plants false memories into our brains. They want us to believe this is a magical place. So that's another fun nod to what could be going on the show. And also, <laughs> hey, remember? Remember our show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. that we had on ABC? Yeah, that still matters. Yeah. Uh, but it, it sounds, you know, like that's probably not really into it. But it is cool to connect those two things. Uh, oh, and by the way, Geraldine is wearing a sword logo as a shiny necklace. Now, remember, Geraldine's the one who shows up. And eventually gets ejected, uh, which we'll talk about shortly. But she's wearing a sword logo as a shiny necklace. And it's cool, uh, but it kind of becomes a problem for her when Wanda recognizes it later. Yes. Um, so there's that, it's the same. I swear that symbol is on the toy copter, which I think accidentally entered the area. Yeah. From some kid or something. I have to go back and rewatch these episodes now. Right. Well, that's, of course. Um, but as soon as uh, she begins to, you know, kind of question, that's a nice necklace. Where'd you get it? Uh, she, Geraldine and her begin talking and they talk about the twins because uh, yes. Geraldine magically is able to just deliver kids right behind the couch. No problem. Yeah. Very 70s era, like safe for TV kind of stuff. Um, and the doctor, of Comical. course. Yeah, very, very, uh, very oversimplified yes. approach. Um, but anyway, even during that time, it was, I still, I think it was pretty usual for the men to wait outside the delivery room mm-hmm. and then meet their kids after the fact. Yeah. Uh, which is very much not the case now. No. Um, but that was the way it was back then and vision being gone and then arriving after the twins arrived. Uh, is actually pretty interesting too, because I feel like the kids that Wanda and Vision have in the comic books are magical in nature. Mm. So Vision's not really quite sure where they come from when they arrive, and it's kind of the same thing here. 
Hmm. He's like, oh, they're here, but did they really? Like, whatever, right? Yeah, we're just more stuff we're waiting on. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. God, it's terrible. Um, but in one of the most powerful moments in the show, Geraldine and Wanda bond over the twins' crib, and uh, just it's just after Billy and Tommy are born, and Wanda starts talking about the fact that she's a twin, and it sounds like. It's her remembering that for the first time. It's also the first time that she even mentions Pietro really since the end of Age of Ultron. It almost sounds like when I first saw her, like the facial expression she was giving was like, um, I, I think I know this, but how did I forget this? Right. Like, why did my brain make me forget this, you know? In the moment, she sings a Sokovian lullaby. But Geraldine, who we know, is Monica Rambo, interrupts. And uh, apparently she starts digging. And she pushes Wanda to remember that your brother, Pietro, wasn't he killed by Ultron? Yes. Which, of course, is just a bit much for Wanda in the moment. And it pushes her over the edge. And you kind of aren't sure what happens to, to Geraldine slash Monica, uh, but you find out at the end of the episode uh, when Vision goes back inside and says, where's Geraldine? And Wanda says, oh, she's gone home. And you're not quite sure what that means. Yeah. Until you see her outside of the grass in this very militarized kind of environment. Avengers facility. And just... Hanging out. That's what I thought. I thought, I thought literally, it, was the Avengers facility. I, it looks like the Avengers facility from Endgame. To me, it looks Outside like... It. Yeah, it kind of does. You're right, it does. To me, it looks like there's an energy field that pops up somewhere. Or better yet, it could be the Avengers facility from Ant-Man, where he fights uh, Falcon, that smaller one. Or is that the same? Oh, it's the same one. Sa- okay. Yeah, it's the same one. Well, the one they're supposed to break into? Yeah. Yeah, same one. Oh, because yeah, I was going to say, from those two movies, they looked different, but I guess it's the same facility. Yeah, they're definitely the same. Um, but anyway, in that moment, um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, they bring up Ultron, which yeah. is huge, right? Because we once Age of Ultron was over, like, you really don't hear anything else about no, he's, him. No, he's gone. He's, yeah. But he's very important because he created Vision. And his nature is such that he could be somewhere else in the internet, somewhere, or in a machine. Tucked away somewhere, hidden. He could be inside Vision. Isn't a part of him in Vision, though, no matter what? Well, he was supposed to be his new body. Yeah. So. Because doesn't Vision, no, uh, what does he say? He goes, or no, he he says something in, uh, in, what is it, Civil War or is it Age of Ultron? I think it's Age of Ultron. He's like, I don't want to kill Ultron. He's unique. Um, you know, and he's on the side of life. I I feel like Vision and Ultron are kind of the same. Well, they understand each it's, other. Yeah, and like even when they're talking at the end, and he's like, "You're unbearably naive." Oh yeah. <laughs> was, oh yeah, because he says there's no other way. Yeah, humans he's are like, allowed to be human. They'll kill themselves. And he's, he's like, I know. And then he and Vision says his famous quote: "Think isn't beautiful because it lasts. It's a privilege to be among him." He yeah, says, you're terribly naive. Yeah, God, that's such a good scene. How do people give Age scene. of Ultron flack? I don't know. I love that movie. <laughs> I, love, I like it too. <clears throat> it's a good one. Well, anyway, that push to get Wanda to remember that Ultron killed Quicksilver um, is enough to push her over the edge. 
Uh, but it is cool that they at least mention Pietro. Yeah. Because who knows? Maybe we get to see him again. More memories of him come back, you know. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what else Juan is capable of doing in this world. Can she bring people back? Oh. That would be super cool. I would love to see that. Black Widow. I wonder if that's why they're holding off on Black Widow. Ooh, man. I don't know. I don't know. Whoa. This would be really cool. That's a hot take. Hot take. Probably not accurate, but God, wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) Hey, it would be cool. (laughs) Anyway. Thanks um, for breaking my dreams. Well, you know, (laughs) reality was going to do it. I just figured I'd jump on board. Uh, But also, you get to see that um, Herb isn't the only one trying to escape. Uh, when Vision goes to get the doctor, he is about to leave on vacation. And then, for his some reason, broke. he decides not to go. Like his, his car breaks down. Yeah, his car breaks down. And then when the twins are born, Vision asks him if he's still going to go. And he says, um, you know, some small towns, so hard to escape. You know what? That's right, yeah. Uh, I remember him saying so that. So he kind of says that, well, ominously, really. And immediately after Vision finds Herb and Agnes at the wall... It seems like they kind like Herb wants to say something, and mm. Agnes is like, "Don't do it! Don't do it! Yeah, don't do it!" Uh, and instead, they kind of reveal that they don't trust Geraldine. It's like, where does she work? She doesn't have a home here. Yeah, like they know she's not They'd, supposed to be there. Yeah. And then once uh, Vision hears that, of course, he becomes much more interested in going back inside and checking on Wanda and the kids. So. Apparently, uh, Wanda ejects Monica, or Geraldine, out of the pocket dimension, or whatever they're in, uh, where she lands to seem, seems to land to be in what is the real Westview, uh, and it's surrounded by, apparently, sword agents. Military, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. With their guns out, and like a big military presence there, uh, which hopefully means we'll see more of the real world in the next episode, or at least in the coming episodes. See what's going on in the world and how um, it's reacting to whatever's going on here in Westview. Do you think it could be the Air Force base that um, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, and her partner, her flight? Uh, What is her name? Yeah. What's Monica's Uh, mother's name in Captain Marvel? Because when you meet Monica, you're like, oh my God, that's like, that's, she becomes a version of Captain Marvel. Yes. Um, it would be cool to see that. It would also be cool to see her mom as like a guiding force in the creation of S.W.O.R.D. Because I love that. I love when you see characters who are great in the particular movies that they're in. Maria. Maria, that's right. Maria Rainbow. It would be wonderful to see her have that kind of an effect on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I but, agree. But that's it. That's all the Easter eggs we've got to point out because that's the end of episode three. Yeah. I don't know about you, but that's got me pretty hyped to check out episode four, which by the time this publishes should be dropping in about a day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Friday's coming up. Friday's. Close. Or if you really feel like doing it, staying up till uh, nope. midnight <laughs> Pacific, Pacific time. Nope. Which, oh yeah, I'm not staying up till two in the morning. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to stay up till ten, like you said. Yeah. So. If they <laughs> did it, yeah. If they did it um, at on Friday instead of Thursday night, yeah, maybe. But even then, probably not. I mean, I can stay up. I, on a you know, Friday what? I should just Saturday wake up night. early Friday and watch it before I go to work. 
You know, that's a good point. I mean, I'm up at 3.30. Hey, you got I time. wake up at 3. Yeah, you can watch it. Watch it. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> so we're coming up with plans. Dads, we have to protect our time. Yes. So that's how you do it. Like, sleeping is important. Yeah, but real quick, uh, I said that we would mention some of the comic books uh, mm. this week. I thought it would be cool to point out some of the really cool ones that you could read and really get to know some of the stuff that's going on in WandaVision. Uh, the first one that I think people should read is definitely the Avengers Disassembled, uh, which occurred in Avengers number 500 to 503 back in 2004. Uh, that's the one where Wanda loses her mind and essentially just tears them apart. I mean, Avengers die. Uh, is that the Hawkeye dies? Is that the uh, vision that uh, Tony Stark has where he sees all the dead Avengers? Um. Yeah, but this is strictly comic book related. Okay. This is four years before Iron Man even comes out in theaters. Gotcha. Uh, but this is the event that Brian Michael Bendis wrote that essentially allowed him to destroy the Avengers and create his new Avengers team, which was badass in 2004, by the way. Uh, but this was a very good, very, it was very fun to watch Wanda lose her mind and kind of begin to manipulate reality. Which is what you kind of see, see now in WandaVision. Yeah. Uh, by the way, awesome series. That's very awesome. It's also good to uh, go read 2015's The Vision, which we mentioned earlier, written by Tom King with art by Gabriel Hernandez Walta. Um, that's the, the one where Vision creates a family uh, and it goes horribly wrong. He just wants to be a normal, normal family man. Um, and it, it just doesn't pan out. He creates a wife, two kids, and a dog, and everything kind of spirals out of control once his wife murders Grim Reaper and buries him in the back lawn, <laughs> and Vision has to somehow just go about keeping it all together. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually it's a great series. Highly recommend that one. Uh, next up, you should probably read House of M, which is written by none other than Brian Michael Bendis with art by uh, Oliver Coppola. Uh, House of M is very, very, it's kind of like a big deal whenever you think of Scarlet Witch because she uses the full extent of her reality warping powers and creates this whole world where Magneto kind of won and rules it. And there's, you know, the world's completely different. Uh, but at the end of it, uh, she realizes that Magneto just is not a good guy, uh, that he could be her father, mm -hmm. uh, but just keeps choosing to not be to to just be wrapped up in the cause of the mutants and in realizing that she just says no more mutants yeah. and that decimates the mutant population in the marvel comic book universe to about from like a million and something of them to like 198 and that is a big big Pretty specific that number is a, that is a <laughs> big thing that uh you know kind of reverberates all through the Marvel Universe for over a decade. Uh, so it's a huge event. And also, again, showcases just how powerful Wanda is. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's definitely something good to read. Also, I'd go back and read uh, Wanda and the Scarlet Witch, uh, Volume 1 and 2 from the 1980s, which we briefly mentioned with Steve Englehart uh, writing earlier. Those will show you some really cool stuff. If you want to see a human-like cow named Bova uh, <laughs> taking care of the twins. Uh, uh, so those are definitely the comics you should read. Uh, but because we need to wrap this up, because you guys got things to do, yes. and so do we, uh, we will quickly hit up how much we love our Patreon. 
supporters. Uh, our Patreon supporters that we'd be giving a big shout out to are the ones who uh, are patrons to us at the producer level and above. Uh, they are Keith Jefferson, the OG. Uh, he's been with us ever since the Patreon went live. Uh, we really appreciate Keith. He is a self-described geek and a fantastic father. Uh, so a big shout out to him. We'll do a another big one to Special K. Special K, of course, is a wonderful dad too. Uh, a huge Star Wars fan, just like J.I. John, who could not make it to the show today. Uh, but he is an excellent father and an all-around good guy. Then, of course, we've got Rob Ryan, who isn't quite a twin, but very much is closely related to Jedi John. <laughs> God, he's he's going to be miffed at that one. But that's okay. We love Rob Ryan. He is very much into very cool things. Uh, any type of board game you want to play, he either has it or is about to get it uh, and will definitely play with you. Uh, and is just a decent dude all around. And then last but not least, we have TK31788 of the 501st. He is our highest level, our I Love You 3000 level Patreon supporter. Uh, He is instrumental to the show. Uh, He gives us a lot of um, creative stuff that you otherwise just would not see. He's very responsive. Uh, You can go check out some of his really cool pages he runs the Brickin' Ain't Easy Instagram account. Very cool account. Which is uh, all Lego stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. Very cool. Very awesome. Of course, a massive fan and a great fan of the Galactic Dad show. So we really appreciate him. Uh, but all of you guys really deserve this applause. And we're going to give it to you now. I'll also make a shout out to Eric and Justin and John. You know, obviously couldn't be here tonight, but you know, miss you guys. Whatever, screw those guys. They're not here tonight. If you if you want to be here, get here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Big shout out to uh, <laughs> Justin. Say, man, no, come no, on. I love those guys. Joking. But seriously, get here. Yeah, come on, guys. What the hell are you doing? Actually, I haven't seen Justin in a little while. We really miss him. We need to get him back on the show for real. Uh, Eric just seems work has been a little crazy for him. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he lives that dad life. And Jedi John has also been pretty busy with work lately, too. So it is what it is. I'm glad you could make it out, though. Uh, So we could do this deep dive on WandaVision that I've been sitting on for, like, almost a week now. Yeah, it was fun. It's good. Hopefully I, it gives I, you a little insight, a little more like, oh, I need to go back and watch that. No, it, it does because I'm going to watch the first three episodes literally before I see the new one on Friday. Good. You've got something to do. now I, I'm like, I'm, I've, now that I'm taking this too, so yeah, you, now that I can. You keep uh, that. You yeah, keep that. Uh, it's my stack of paperwork here, my homework. Um, I'm going to literally go through these three episodes and rewatch these and look at all these now and go, ah, Check them out. I missed that one. So I babe, missed that babe, one. Come here. There. Look, look, look. And then I'm going to be like, yeah, you're looking for something that's not there on that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, that brings us to the end. So listen, as we finish these beers and say cheers <clears throat> and I get something stuck in my throat, <clears throat> we certainly want to thank all of you for listening. Uh, please remember like rate review and share uh, no matter where you're listening to us at, whichever platform that is, uh, it really is a big help to us if you leave a, a five-star help. review. Yeah, huge help. Big, big. Uh, you can also check us out on patreon.com slash galacticdads for bonus episode exclusives only available to Patreon <laughs> subscribers and much, much more exciting content. Uh, plus, you get to get your hands on some pretty sweet Galactic Dads merch. We're talking T-shirts, hoodies, hats, uh, stickers, 
uh, and some other items we are working on for you guys. But listen, again, till next episode, we thank you for listening. Thank you. And we, of course, want you guys to keep on doing the dad thing.